Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Numbers. We're in chapter 6. We'll be putting in uh, around verse 7 or so, um, and um, then finishing out chapter 6, we're going to see a wonderful blessing. Um, This is uh, a famous blessing um, um, in uh, down verses 22 through 27. And then we're going to come to chapter 7, where we see offerings uh, given at the tabernacle's consecration. Now, um, we pick up in chapter 6, around verse 7, not even for his father or for his mother, for brother or sister, if they die, shall he make himself unclean because his separation to God is on his head and all the days of his separation he is holy to the Lord. So this is the vows of being a Nazarite. Now, a Nazarite is someone who, if they took these vows, they could sort of take they could take vows to walk even closer with God. So if they if they um, separated themselves from the people and didn't shave, didn't cut their hair, didn't drink any wine. Um, or eating any grapes or any kind of, you know, of that fruit and vows of separation, you know, so that you could walk closer to God, um, not going near a dead body to, as, if to, as if to contaminate yourself. Um, if you did all these things to be separate all the days of the separation, He is holy to the Lord. So it shows a little, I think, foreshadowing of what Christ can do in us, of what Christ can allow us to walk worthy of the Holy Spirit. But again, um, it has to do, you have to do a lot of offerings, and then at the time of completion, you have to do uh, offerings. So there are a bunch of rules uh, talking about the rules for the offering to do this, to walk closer to God. And I, again, I think that's a foreshadowing of what Christ can do in us. And we don't have to have all these rules and regulations to walk special with Christ. 
And um, and then there's rules about if you don't do your um, your vow, and if you you uh, you know you can't do the completed time, you know you can make offerings to um, um, end you know the this vow. So again, McGee makes the point that God is placing a premium on vows. If you make a commitment, if you are in charge of something and you don't do it, um, you've got to make uh, a sin, uh, not a sin offering, but you've got to make an offering for the fact that you didn't fulfill your pledge. And so it shows how important the truth is to God, how important our intending to do what we say we're going to do. And again, that points us to what Christ does. Christ allows us to live in freedom. Christ allows us to be above the law. But our job is not to ignore the law, but is to fulfill the law. So Christ fulfills the law. And of course, Christ fulfills the law in us. And as we walk our walk, yes, we can walk closer to Christ. But yes, we are... Also, you know, we get a picture of how important our vows are, our promises are. And, of course, if we promise to do something for Jesus and we don't do it, how do we look to God? How do we look to the Lord? So we get a, a little bit of an example here, or powerful example, of how important it is when we pray, how important it is when we walk with the Holy Spirit that we do so keeping our commitment to Christ, keeping our commitment to God's Word. So we'll drop down a little bit to the end of this chapter, down to verse 22. This is Aaron's blessing. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, verse 24, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Now, that is a really famous blessing. That I mean, my the preacher in my church used to say that at the end of every um, Sunday's service. He always said that. And this famous blessing shows, as my study Bible says, God's will is to bless every Israelite, not just the Nazarites, okay, everybody. Um, and this blessing is mediated by the priests, okay? So the priests, you know, Aaron and his sons who are the priests, are sort of in charge of saying that to them. And of course, our chief priest now becomes Jesus Christ, becomes our chief, our chief priest. But uh, again, it all points to Jesus. And um, the interesting thing that my study Bible pointed out is the earliest archaeological discovery containing the covenantal name of God, Yahweh, in Jerusalem is a silver amulet they found 
containing this priestly blessing. So in other words, this blessing was found on this amulet. And it was found in a Judean tomb dating to the 7th or 6th century B.C. Now, my study Bible says God's blessing, blessings by giving good harvests. So when it says the Lord bless you, he gives good harvests, peace, children, and he gives his own presence. That's, those were, you know, his blessings. And keep you means he's to guard or to protect you. Verse 25, his face to shine upon you. God's presence is like sunshine, a shining face, a smiling face, a pledge of God's good favor to shine on you. Verse 26, the countenance. The Lord God lift up his countenance. It involves taking notice of and treating his people with favor. Peace involves more than the English sense of. Of lack of war, it means total well-being. Peace, in this context, means shalom. means like complete well-being. Peace with God. Now, all of this points to Christ as well. McGee teaches that there's three parts. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. McGee teaches that this is a picture of the triune God here in the Old Testament. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit right here. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ. But you get the Father, the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of Christ. The three parts of God is illustrated for us right here. And the people of Israel were to have the three parts of God, even though they didn't have Christ yet. They have the the three parts. So it's interesting. The Father, God the Father, bless you and keep you. God, in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son, make his face to shine upon you. In other words, his face came down. His face. They saw the face of God in Jesus Christ. Shine upon you and be gracious. The gospel message is due to God's grace. And because of Jesus Christ, we can walk in grace. Not by the law anymore. By grace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. His countenance, His Holy Spirit can be upon us. And we have peace with God through Christ. Christ reconciles our sin on the cross. He dies. He was raised from the dead. And by faith in Him, we can be sharing in His death and His resurrection And now we're no longer slaves to sin. Sin is put to death with Christ. And we are now walking at peace with God. With the countenance of Christ upon us. We have God the Father who blesses us and keeps us and protects us. His blessing is His Word. His blessing is His Son. His blessing, 
is his love. His blessing is his presence, his name to a sinful world, otherwise in darkness. His face to shine upon us and be gracious is the Lord Jesus Christ. And his countenance, his spirit can be upon us and ultimately give us peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. We're no longer on our own name. His name is upon us. We have the name of Christ now. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. We have the body of Christ, the spirit of Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. We have the words of Christ, the knowledge of Christ. We have all the virtues of Christ. We have the name of Christ. So that, I think, is a tremendous ending to chapter 6. And then we come to chapter 7. McGee says it's probably one of the most monotonous book, uh, chapters in the book of the Bible because it just goes over a lot of offerings at the tabernacle's consecration. And, you know, somebody, you know, I'll read a few verses on the day when, verse 1, on the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle and had anointed and consecrated it with all its furnishings and an anointed and consecrating the altar with all its utensils, the chiefs of Israel, heads of their father's houses, who were the chiefs of the tribes, who were over those who were listed, approached and brought their offerings before the Lord. Six wagons, twelve oxen, and a wagon for every two of the chiefs, and one eat, and for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Accept these from them that they might be used in the service of the tent of meeting and give them to the Levites, so each man according to his service. Okay, so in other words, they were going to need these wagons and these ox to pull the wagons because they had to transport all this stuff when the, na when the nation Israel is going to be on the move to the promised land. <clears throat> and they're going to have to have the wagon and the oxen and... All of these gifts that people were going to bring, they were going to be bringing oil and flour and things to cook with and um, animals. They were going to be bringing a whole bunch of stuff, money too. And basically, we're talking about all the different days of who brings stuff. And we've got like 12 days of giving this dedication service. And who brings and how much? And then down to verse 89. And when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. So we get, and I'm not reading all of these, you know, big lists of who gives what, but McGee makes an interesting point here. Just like Jesus, remember, when he noticed the really, really poor woman who only gave like two little pennies in the middle of this big temple. And Jesus remarked, I mean, he was sitting there watching what people gave. Do you say he doesn't notice stuff? He notices stuff. 
And when Jesus was there at the temple, one of the things he did was just watch what people did with their money, watch what people gave. And he noticed the woman gives a few pennies, and those pennies would not pay very much to keep the temple up, and it wouldn't pay for the cost of building the temple. It wouldn't pay very much to run the temple or to pay the the priests or to pay for anything. It was a gift out of, it was a nothing gift. But Jesus noticed that she gave out of her poverty. She gave all her, all that she had. And Jesus said her gift is more valuable to this temple than all of the rich gifts that the people were coming in bringing a whole bunch of stuff. Jesus noted giving in the temple and God notices giving in his tent of meeting. He gives us 12 days of what everybody gave. He lists them right here. He notices everything. And if you want to read a really monotonous book, read, I mean, chapter, read chapter 7. It's just how many goats and silver things and lambs and things that everybody's bringing. God still notices what we give. That's the key. God still notices, just like Jesus noticed. So we see a picture of God still looking to our hearts. Our vows are important. Our walk with Him is important. The blessings that we get, we need to understand they come from God. What Christ is going to do for us, in us, through us, we can't fathom. The people here in the Old Testament couldn't fathom God's plan for them. And we still see Christ, and we still see we have the Holy Spirit. It's hard for us to fathom the peace that we have right now with God. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ, and we'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Numbers chapter 6, beginning at verse 8, all the way through to Numbers chapter 7, beginning at verse 1, through to verse 89. So Numbers chapter 7 is the second largest or longest uh, rather, chapter in Scripture that's coming in second after Psalms 119. So last time, that was yesterday, in our study, we were talking about the vow of the Nazarite. This was not something God commanded. It was voluntary. So it was, and he said, if they were any of his people who wanted to take a special vow to do a certain thing, to come closer to God, they could do this. And this is for believers today, not just um, the Nazarite vow, not just a Nazarite vow. So he was, he has um, someone who takes the Nazarite vow has a closer walk if, you know, they want to. So it's for you and me today. 
one doesn't have to have this vow taken. It's voluntary. Um, it's not permanent. So this Nazarite vow was temporary. And if one took the Nazarite vow, there were three things that were not to do. The first is uh, to drink wine, that's or strong drink. So he, so one was to actually find his joy in the Lord, and not in wine. The second thing they were not to do is he, they were not to use a razor on their hair um, on the he- on their head. The hair on their head, rather. Um, so the reason being, as scripture says, that it's actually a shame for a man to have long hair. And we have this in First Corinthians 11.14, which reads, Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? So it's a dishonor. It's shameful to have long hair. It's sort of men, sort of like feminine. So it's a lack of dignity for a man to have long hair. So it means um, more or less to more or less take the place of Christ. And he's talking to actually bear shame for God's sake. So the third reason um, of the things that they should not do is um, they are not allowed to touch a dead body, to, to be defiled by a dead body, even if it's like that of a loved one. So this actually meant um, that one had to forsake his father and mother. <clears throat> so if you want a closer walk with God today, you will have to learn um, so you have to leave your father and mother um, you have to sacrifice and leave everything behind if you're to do certain service for him and this is the meaning here so now we come as we are um, with nothing we don't have anything to offer him just our love our time our devotion, that's all we can offer, our worship. And we are to find our joy in Him, in the things of God. And actually, we're supposed to be prepared to bear, fit, to bear shame for Him. Okay, so, bearing that in mind, Scripture reads, starting at verse 8 of chapter 6, of the book of Numbers. And all the days of his separation he shall be holy to the Lord. So here, this is consecration. One is set aside. So here he is set aside for God. So, you know, he li- um, the Nazarite lives for God. And... Um, you know, to live for God, to walk closely with Him in um, 
you know, in, in um, that's the dedication that um, that vow the Nazarite, the vow that the Nazarite took entailed. So it won't remove the trials of life when one does this, but it will actually make them bearable because it goes to God and God will carry your burdens. Scripture goes on to read verse 9. And if anyone dies very suddenly besides him and he defiles his consecration, consecrated head when he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing on the seventh day he shall shave it verse 10 then on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest to the door of the tabernacle of meeting okay so in other words this vow can actually be broken um, so God doesn't require anyone to take a vow um, and break it. But when you take it, you know, when you make a vow to God, he expects you to keep it. So we should think long and hard if we had... Um, Sorry, yeah, so we should actually think long and hard before actually making a vow to God. It's, it's, it's serious business. You just don't wake up and decide to make a vow and which you actually don't tend to keep. If you're going to make an agreement with God, you better stick by it and the Lord will bless you. So now, um, this section closes here in um, chapter 6 it closes with the triune blessing so this blessing is used at um, a lot of weddings and that's from verse 24 to verse 26 which reads the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace so here um the lord bless you and keep you <clears throat> so this is god the father so here we have the trinity yeah. so this is god the father verse 25 the lord makes his face shine upon you and be gracious to you this here is um God the Son, and the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Um, and, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. So God the Father is the source of blessings. So here this is the Lord bless you. So this is where we get our blessings from. And then the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who makes his face to shine upon us. He became a man, and by his grace, you, we are saved. 
So he is the light of the world. And they're the only one that will ever um, make it possible for us to experience Christ and experience um, peace is the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The, the peace and understanding of God's word um, made possible by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, making these things, and the Holy Spirit actually makes the things of God real to us in our hearts. He gives us peace. So he provides eternal peace. So God gives them now this blessing. Um, yeah, sorry, the Holy Spirit makes these things real in our hearts. And he gives us peace. So God um, gives them this blessing now here. Um, because the census has been taken. They now know their family line. That's their pedigree. They know where they belong and the standards have been raised and what standards um, to follow. So, um, you know, they know their place in the camp with their own tribe and their own family. So the camp has also been cleansed and now they are ready to march and now God blesses them and that's you know, that's all God can do. God blesses them. And a lot of Christians today, and this can be related today, a lot of Christians today, they are churches rather. They are in disarray. They're not organized. And, you know, they're not getting God's blessings at all. It's God likes order. And um, doing things in an orderly way. So things must be in order and done decently. So now these people are well organized. The Lord bless has is blessing them. So now we get to chapter seven. And cha- this chapter is all about the gifts of the princes and what they brought and what each one of them gave. So um I'm gonna drop down to verse eleven. Verse 7, it reads, For the Lord said to Moses, They they shall offer the offering one leader each day for the dedication of the altar. And the one who offered his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Ami, Aminadab from the tribe of Judah. Okay. So here, um, God knew him. God knows us. So God knew him and took, uh, you know, not of the, uh, he served. And he, he took note, sorry, of the gift that he brought. Verse 13 goes on to read. His offering was one silver platter and the weight of which was 
130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels according to the shekel of sanctuary both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil it's a grain offering one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense one young bull one ram and one male lamb as um one lamb sorry in its first year as a burnt offering one kid of um, one kid of the goats as a sin offering and for the sacrifice of peace offering two oxen five ram five male oxen um third yeah five ram five male goats and five male lamb in their first year this was the offering of nashan son of Aminadab so here um, here this is the offering that was taken note of and verse 18 goes on to read on the second day Nathanael the son of Zuar leader of Issachar presented an offering so here um, Nathanael he offered the same identical offering, and the Spirit of God recorded what each of these gave to the Lord. So we're going to read this like a reputation. So everything that day that they gave was recorded. Um, so, you know, the Lord Jesus, God, rather, He records each and everything that we actually give. You know, we may think we're generous and good givers, but the Lord actually reports. And it's not about what you give. It's about what you leave for yourself. If, um, you know, we go back to our study in the book of uh, Luke. It looked at a woman who gave two coppers. You know, looking at the ornate building of the church and you know it was all in its glory and all um those two uh, little coppers that she gave they meant nothing um to the people who saw that they would contribute nothing but to god they made everything because she actually gave more than the rich folk who were giving out um lots and lots of um money in the church so she gave her all even if it was two coppers and the lord saw that so the lord records you know um we should always learn to give to give to where from where to where our blessings are coming from we give um we make um a vow to god and a pledge to him and we tend to wonder why our blessings are not coming through or we're not being blessed it's because we do not fulfill that vow if the Lord could remember what each and everything whether it was a spoon of olive oil 
um, that the princess gave. He will definitely remember what you were given. So this is our teacher for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. Bye.